Hello all, welcome back to From the Front Row, brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. We're a student-run podcast that explores major issues in the field of public health. This is Steve, and I am joined by Oge today for our podcast. Oge, what are we talking about today? Yes, hey Steve. So this week, we're taking a look at a recent policy that was published, then resigned it after mountain pressure. Last week, the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement under the current administration issued a rule change that would have prohibited international students from entering or remaining in the country to take fully online course loads. Many colleges have already announced prior plans to offer online-only classes with at certain times in the year, given that COVID-19 will be a major issue for student safety in the return to campus. With much relief for international colleagues nationwide, the policy was reversed this past Tuesday. Yay! On that excellent note, we were able to actually sit down with several students across the College of Public Health to discuss this policy change and the effects that it would have had. At the time of our recording, this policy was still in effect. So our team is presenting this episode as a consideration of what happens on the other side of policymaking, who it impacts, and the voices of folks who are affected by changes made every day in this country. So please enjoy and take a listen to our interview. We're going to go around the table and introduce ourselves. So if you can kind of provide your name, where you're from, what do you study here at U Iowa, and then kind of why did you choose the University of Iowa? So I'll, I'll pick on Oge first. Oge, if you want to start us off with that. Hi, everyone. I know you guys know me already. Well, my name is Oge. I'm from Nigeria. <laughs> I'm from Nigeria, and I study epidemiology, which is a branch of public health. So I'm in the College of Public Health. I'm a master's student. And I chose University of Iowa because we had a program where I could do my undergrad and my master's at the same time. And I just felt like it was a great opportunity. So I decided to come to University of Iowa and I've loved it ever since. Muska, if you want to go next. Hi, uh, my name is Muska. Uh, I came from Indonesia. I study uh, at the health management and policy department. I'm a PhD student. And why I choose Iowa? Well, first of all, because the College of Public Health uh, has a good ranking among the universities in, uh, in the state. And second, but I think one of the important thing as well is it's a good place to raise a family because when I came here from Indonesia, uh, I need to bring my family here as well. And Joanne, if you want to go. Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Joanne. I come from Beirut, Lebanon. I'm a second year PhD student at the Health Management and Policy Department. And I chose U Iowa for many reasons, definitely because it's highly ranked in the country and because so many of the people that are that inspire me a lot uh, are graduates of the program I am currently enro- enrolled in. So that played a major uh, role in my decision. So Redwan, if you want to start out with your name. Hi, my name is Redwan. I am a third year PhD student from the HMP department. And I am originally from Pradesh. And I came here in August 2017 to the University of Iowa. Uh, the main reason I applied uh, and chose to come to uh, UIO was because of my interest in rural health. 
uh, University of Iowa College of Public Health is one of the hubs of rural health in the United States. So that was one of the primary reasons I chose uh, this to come here. Our second question is, what has life been like for you in Iowa as an international student? So for me, I've been here for like five years and I would say it's different and it has always been different. Even now, I still feel, well, I guess now it feels a little bit more homey, I guess, than when I first came. And that's also because I've kind of let myself have that connection with Iowa. I was always like, oh, you know, home is home and this place is just for school. So I also tried to like make sure I had that whole barrier or the difference between, okay, you're here for school and then you can go home. But so I don't know. I mean, I feel like I personally have kind of felt, I don't want to use the word alienated because Iowa makes you really great. Like the people are nice. It's just like a personal decision for me. And I guess it's just, kind of a way to make sure I don't forget where I'm from or lose touch with that side of me. But yeah. Muska, did you have a similar kind of experience when you came here? Did you, how did you blur the line between home and Iowa? When, when first uh, get accepted here, uh, I don't, I don't have any idea of how, how's life in Iowa is, was. And uh, when we first got here, uh, first of all, uh, from the perspective of, of a family, we were thinking it will it will create some sort of difficulties for our kids to blend in with the other kids at school because they, they need to enroll in the elementary school and so on. But it turns out it's more easier for them to assimilate rather than me. Uh, and so that's one uh, interesting takeaway. And uh, the second thing uh, for me as an international student and I think it's one of the key things that also play a part uh, in the, our assimilation, assimilation as a family is Iowa people are very wel- welcoming, specifically for the Iowa City uh, population. When I first got here, the faculties are very welcoming. Uh, and if we have any troubles, issues, or questions, they're, they're very welcome to all these sort of questions. So that's kind of help into, you know, smooth our our way in as a student and what the one most important thing is they keep this channel open throughout the year so i've been here for like five years and it's only getting better and better so i think uh that's kind of summarized it only gets better once you stay here that's excellent to hear it's such a big thing when you're moving from a new area or into a new area rather that you just want to feel at home as much as you can be, especially even if you're there for a limited time. Joe, did you, what was your experience like when you came here? Yeah. So, so, so far living here has been such an incredible experience, but honestly, before I actually came here a year ago, I was kind of nervous about this huge transition and everything it entails because it's my first time to come to the States and you know, it's just a different experience and it was so scary. But ever since I made it to Iowa City, life couldn't have been better. I met a lot of people with different backgrounds and of different ages. Iowans are so friendly and hospitable. I made friends for life in no time, like seriously. And in, in my first year, now I can confidently say that I really have friends for life that even turned like family to me. I love being in the city and I can connect with people that teach me about their culture, their cultures, because because it's really diverse over here. 
and I also get to share about my Middle Eastern culture with my friends and colleagues. It simply feels like home and people make me feel like home when I'm thousands of miles away from home. The environment is very welcoming and I simply love it. And Redwan, did you have that similar willingness of between cultures to feel accepted, to hear about, you know, how are things where you're from initially and then coming to Iowa and having people willing to share on what they love about where we live? I completely resonate with uh, with what Muska and uh, Joe just said, and um, similar experiences. It has been great. I mean, I came from straight Bangladesh, from Bangladesh to Iowa City, uh, and then I lived here for for a year. I didn't go anywhere else. Uh, after a year, I went to DC for a conference, and then it struck me that how <laughs> different Iowa City was, how unique Iowa City was and how great it was. I mean, I'm trying to cross the street. People are stopping their car and uh, letting me cross. If you go and try that in, in some parts of Chicago, I mean, you're gonna get run over. So <laughs> I think uh, that that's my assessment that people here are so nice and, and uh, so helpful. And yeah, it has been really great. That's wonderful to hear. I'm glad you were able to survive all the transportation troubles. It can be quite jarring, as I'm very well aware. So let's turn to this, this recent IC ruling, kind of why we're all here. I know that several of you messaged myself and other colleagues and faculty, and I know that other people across the nation have kind of taken to social media with the hashtag student ban. You know, just today we had Iowa President Bruce Harrell joining the president of ISU and you and I saying to Iowa's congressional delegation saying we need to rescind these guidelines as they stand. So what was your reaction when you found out about this policy? Actually, at first, I was really surprised, you know, when you just weren't expecting something, but then it suddenly happens. Like who, who knew, who would have known that, for example, for COVID like six months ago or seven months ago, who would have known we would be here in such a difficult circumstance right now? So it was kind of like a surprise to me getting that email, yeah, informing you that you might actually have to leave in a short period of time. Um, I'm honestly feeling kind of nervous. I have been working so hard like my whole life to make it to this prestigious university where I am given the opportunity to pursue my dreams. But you know, like you are suddenly faced with difficult situations that might affect your plans of study and it's hard and really stressful. The uncertainty of this whole thing is just difficult and I really have those mixed feelings about it. And Muska, if you want to talk about it from a family perspective, you know, I, I know it's, it's extremely hard going through grad school with kiddos and trying to manage those responsibilities outside. And now this comes on top of it. How, how did that resonate with you? How did you react to that when that policy was released? Yeah, I think you touch a very important point there, Steve, uh, because uh, one of the reactions that I have when I first heard, hear about the news is, of course, is um, you know uh, fear, anxiety, but most of all, it's not about fear about myself or anxious about myself, but more about how do I tell this to my family? Uh, how 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 to explain if the worst case scenario happened? So the first response was to uh, gather as much as information as I can to to, to just really understand what is the rationale, uh, what is the background of this new policy. And of course, at that time, there's not much, uh, you know, information about that uh, other than the guidance that uh, that was published. And 
the other thing is it's kind of uh, for me as uh, at least it's kind of a humbling experience because as a public health student uh during uh, your five year of studies here for me you you get exposed to this whole immigrant studies you know immigrant dat- data sets immigrant policy and you kind of think that oh i understand what they're going to through this fear the, this anxiety but when that when it hits you for real it just kind of humbling uh, experience that uh, I cannot imagine uh, for those who get affected with, uh, you know, with less resources to deal with this matter. So yeah, uh, this whole fear and anxiety is is kind of a common theme for, for the first uh, reactions, I guess. Red one, I imagine you had the similar situation going through your head the anxiety the the trepidation that you know but what was going on for you you know within all of this how were you feeling when this policy was released well um i mean monday afternoon uh you're kind of going to the end of your day and then suddenly uh you receive an email saying that hey uh you know ice recently just published uh, this kind of a new uh regulation and your, your mind starts to race. I mean, your heart starts to pump. I mean, um, it, it's just so sudden. I mean, without any sort of like, you know, a preview or anything. And so, yeah, it was shocking. And uh, of course, you get nervous because as international students, uh, uh, you know, there are certain uh, social uh, demographic things, social, social, social aspects of, of international, being an international student. Uh, you know, our families are back home, um, and and we're in the middle of a pandemic situation, and the situation is is worsening everywhere, not just in the U.S. but at our home countries as well. And our families, uh, our parents, our siblings, everyone uh, is sort of like you know praying for us, and we're praying for them. So it's a kind of a tricky situation. And within this situation, we just you know uh, passed the George Floyd incidents where you know a lot of turmoil was was seen uh, all around us so uh, we were in kind of that situation and suddenly when we are uh, confronted with a situation like this that you know uh, international students uh, are also at risk of being deported because the the language used by ICE was really strong and uh, it's it's usually you know that sort of language is used against uh, illegals or undocumented peoples or or even criminals even and the same sort of language was applied for international students as well. So you can imagine the shock that suddenly you're, you're being, uh, you know, labeled as someone who might be potentially breaking the law or something like that. Whereas we're, uh, you know, law-abiding uh, students even. I mean, we're not citizens here, of course, but we're, we're students. We're here to study. We're here to do research. And we're trying to focus on that. So, yeah, definitely a big shock to us. And okay, I'm just thinking on that line of what Redwan is saying with the emotional context of the policy, because it's it's not just you know a simple clear cut kind of thing. There there are there's something else there. There's more weight in it. So I want to tap into that and mm-hmm. hear your thoughts on on what your reaction was. Yeah, definitely. Like with everything everyone said, I totally like 100 and 101 percent agreed with because it was just really devastating because you try as an international student to kind of explain how like life in the in the u.s as an international student isn't as rosy as it's made out to be 
although we are privileged to be here, you know, like to get the education and blah, blah, blah. But the way the whole ICE restriction or I don't know what to call this, but the way it came out, it really just like, it was just an overt way of saying yes. Like, you know, showing like the struggles that we go through and they're just putting it out there for everyone to see because it's just really unfair that we came here, we paid to be here. It's not like charity work or anything. And then you just tell us, well, yeah, I know we had this agreement that we all signed for you to come here in the first place, but we, situations have changed and we did not ask you guys or anyone for their input and we just switched it up on everyone. And now we're telling you, if you don't leave, we're going to deport you. <laughs> even if that wasn't what we signed for in the first place. So it's just really like, what can you do? Really, what can you do? They've already told you, oh yeah, you're in our country. So we get to decide what's going to happen and you have to comply, whether it's fair or not. Like the whole world isn't fair, blah, blah, blah. And then as an international student, you can't really go out and protest because this is in your country. Like you don't have that privilege to say, oh, I'm going to, you know, peaceful protest or anything because Things like that, they can just, you know, find a loophole and say, okay, you guys, you know, you broke the rules and now forget about the whole ice ban. You guys have really done, you know, gone too far and then we sent you back. And then I started thinking about other things like, I know that they released a statement saying why this ban was here was so, you know, to decrease the spread of COVID-19, make sure everyone like, you know, decrease the rate of travel, but it did not still make sense because most international students were still here. So if you tell us to leave America, which has one of the most cases, and then that we have not been exposed to, then take it back to our countries that have, you know, different issues, maybe lack of healthcare, maybe Wi-Fi, I don't know, you know, different things, maybe even immunocompromised family members, and then we take it back to them. And then what happens from there? Like, no one is going to provide any source of help. It's like, you know, so I just felt like it was really counterintuitive to tell everyone, like, still encouraging movement because that won't happen within that span of one month. Everyone leaves. You have millions of international students trying to leave the US at one time. So I definitely did not understand that. And I was just like, it definitely feels worse than even being treated as a second class citizen. Like, we're not even a citizen in the first place, but they're really just telling him, like, yes, <laughs> you're way, way at the bottom and you can't do anything about this. No, oh, I mean, it's, it's extremely powerful. Go for it, Muska. Were you going to say something? Yeah, just to add what yeah. Ogi has said, um, I mean, the lack of rationale uh, of the policy itself, it's make it make even more difficult of us that trying to calm down and trying to explain things not only to uh, families here but also the family back in our countries uh, because the next morning they'll ask us uh, well, we heard about this uh, what will happen uh, and you don't have a clear answer on that and they're still asking that what's the you know what is the thought process of this policy and you know you're trying to make sense out of it, of it all when you don't have uh, understanding of it uh full understanding of it as well i think it i mean it's an extremely powerful point this is something that is coming out i think five weeks essentially before most people are starting back into school this is it's the floor is being taken out from underneath international mm -hmm. students there's there's no leverage in it there's no way to stand up and fight for yourself is what i'm hearing it's difficult to explain to other folks 
how will this policy affect your plans of study and your personal life? Are, are you in the process of figuring stuff out or, or what are you thinking in terms of your contingency plans? It's, a, it's an awful way to phrase it, but that's the closest thing I can think about at this point with this policy. Yeah, thank you for this question. It's a great one, actually. Um, definitely my plans of study and my personal life will be impacted um, by this policy. So, I mean, being in the public health field, first of all, I am very aware of the dangers of unnecessary travels within this global pandemic, right? And like, personally speaking, since I'm Lebanese and if I have to go back to Lebanon in the middle of COVID, uh, I mean, I had to fly for 25 hours to come here last year and I have to go through two layovers to reach here. So that would be very risky to me. And I'm sure that would be the case for so many of the other international students. We're going to be having to put ourselves in risky situations to travel overseas and have like two airport stops on our way back home. And then when it comes to my plans of study, I mean, first of all, uh, we have the different, the different time zones. Lebanon is eight hours ahead of Iowa. So I wonder like, how am I supposed to attend my online classes with the time difference? And I mean, even if there is no time zone um, uh, differences, I mean, at least in my country, we still have, we still face issues such as power outages. I mean, my family only has like one hour of power per day and we barely uh, communicate together because there is no source of power. The country is going through a political, major political instability and economic crisis. And it would be very hard for me to even like, even if we don't really have those issues with the time zones, I will be having like trouble accessing my classes because of the internet connection and the lack of power, which would only be available for an hour per day. And that's really stressing me out because it will definitely impact my um, plans of study. I'm not even sure if I will be able to register for the online classes if I have to go back home. That's tremendous. I mean, you are, you know, it's early enough on in the career where you're still figuring things out. You still need that essential guidance. You still need to be able to talk to teachers and professors mm -hmm. and that completely jeopardizes those potential connections, but even more so your education. That is incredibly frustrating. And I, I feel for you tremendously in that statement. I want to turn to Redwan and, and Muska too, because I know you guys have kiddos and then thinking about this, you know, in your talks with your families, what is coming up with this, you know, situation? Where are you guys at? Is it as a family unit as what you're thinking about for kids and how this will impact your guys' plans of study? Thank you, Steve. Uh, well, uh, that's a, a unique situation for uh, graduate students and undergrads also, so people with family and especially, you know, people with uh, kids. Uh, it's, it's difficult because we are in a, uh, a position in, li in life where, you know, uh, we're kind of entering the middle age phase, you know, we don't have all black hair anymore. So, you know, we're, we're kind of in the middle phase. So, uh, and, and, you know, at this phase, we cannot afford to take uh, risks. We cannot afford to uh, make rapid changes to our uh, plan because uh, a lot of our plans revolve around our children and career plans, everything 
you know, uh, you're choosing to do a PhD, which is a five-year-long program. Uh, of course, yeah, we had a, I have personally had a comfortable life back home. I was in a good position. I had a great job. But, you know, you kind of um, leave that behind to come uh, for a PhD. Now, in the middle of this, if I, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to go back, uh, I mean, a, a million questions. Well, uh, am I going to be able to go back to my job? Am I going to be able to get back to that, you know, uh, lifestyle? Uh, so suddenly, and there are financial issues uh, related to this. I mean, um, for all international students, especially with those with families, uh, we know that it's, it's really expensive uh, for, to make this uh, journey. Um, and so a lot of things um, very concerning because, you know, the kids are uh, probably going to go to school and their language, what language are they going to learn? Uh, I mean, we're, we're trying to prepare our son uh, for school next year. And, you know, there are certain things that uh, he needs to know when he's going to school in the United States. But if we're, you know, going back to our home country, that's a total different scenario. So that's a major shift again. So again, uh, it's difficult with the kids and again, with the gray hair and everything. And Muska, if you wanna jump in too from another gray haired perspective too as well as a parent. I think uh, for those with families or for those who uh, came to the States, um, you know, alone, I think uh, it's very clear that, that when we first plan to get education here and to commit our time here, it's for the long run, like maybe four years, five years. So you kind of plan ahead. Uh, okay, this is what, what I want to achieve. This, this is what I want to do in the next uh, three, four, five years, right? And then uh, and suddenly this uh, policy happened. Although, because you are so accustomed to have a plan, so you kind of, uh, you, in the back of your head, you, you create this plan A, B, and C. But even then, you still don't know if, if new policy will came up, come out again, right? And like what you say, uh, pull the rug under your, from, uh, your floor, I'm sorry. Uh, so, well, first of all, it's very detrimental to, to, the, to the flow of our plan, but it's also detrimental to our, maybe, um, motivation and also, you know, uh, spirit to, to, to pull through uh, that re uh, resiliency uh, uh, spirit. Uh, so even if I have plan A, uh, I have plan A, B, or C, I still don't know which plan I should go through uh, with, with this type of policy because considering there might be another policy coming tomorrow or, or next week. It's definitely, it seems like new barriers constantly. And it's, it is exhausting to see them come up. And it, I can you know, only imagine what that is like as a parent, but as a student and as a, someone who's been in the country for a little bit too as well, but who's trying to make plans for the future down the road. I know how incredibly tough that can be when you keep on having these unexpected things come up. Okay, can you talk more about those? Because you're relatively young in your career as a whole and figuring out your path now that this has come out. Yeah, it's definitely, I think one thing I really love about myself is that I'm very adaptable, I will say. <laughs> so if anything comes up, I can kind of like think really fast on my feet on what is going to come next or what I have to do next. Um, but before I start, I just, 
would love for everyone to know that obviously the only reason we are here as international students isn't because like we hate well I don't want to speak for all of them but I just don't see how like you wouldn't want to leave your home unless you have to leave your home you know like if your home was like everything was there for you to be you know as successful as you can be just like how i mean america has strived or has tried to do that for its own citizens and students that's why you see you don't really see american international students but you see most international students coming to america like i just want that to be out there if my home was the best place for me i would be there i wouldn't even think about it twice so currently, I don't know, like with the university still being in confusion, saying, oh, hybrid, we don't know what we're going to do, especially maybe after Thanksgiving and stuff. I'm kind of open, like I kind of freaked out about, oh my God, I might have to go home. I don't know how that's going to work. But I also have hope that if I have to, I don't know, I will make it work. But I'm also hoping that that doesn't work because, or that does, it doesn't get to that point because I know there are some people who can't, like, they don't really have that choice to like, you know, oh, I can make you work. It's like, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. And then what's the next thing that happens is that they'll just be like, okay, you know what, take a semester off or take two semesters off. And then before you know, you're like, a whole year has gone by and I, I'm not in school or I don't know what I'm doing. So I don't know. It's a really confusing time right now for everyone or for most people because you keep on asking questions and people don't even know the answers don't even know if I themselves have answers yet it just feels like they just did it for you uh yeah and uh, to add to to, to that excellent points I mean so it, so in addition of you need to keep on your toes about things that going on uh in in your environment you still also need to do the works that you need to, 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 to go through your initial plan, right? Some of us can work under that pressure uh, and still can, uh, still can deliver results, but I don't think that's an optimum environment to generate the best result. Because uh, I think, well, speaking of international students, when we come here, we, we try to do our best. Uh, especially in, in the works that we did, uh, in, in the results that we want to deliver. And even with this type of pressures that happening in our environment, uh, we still try to do our best. We still try to keep up with our works. But yeah, just, uh, to add to that point is, it's not an optimum uh, situation to generate the best results that is expected uh, from students. Yeah, and I, I think both to both of your points, I mean, the idea of, you know, resources and motivation and those things you know are now in flux when can i find the grounding so i can have the motivation to get back to doing school because school especially graduate school can be very demoralizing at times it can be very hard it can be very stressful and you want to strive to put forth your best foot and then you've got all this other stuff on top of it in this time of stress what do you think what would you like your colleagues to do? What would you like if you've got, you know, folks who are over at the College of Public Health, if you've got faculty, students, we're constituents of the United States, you know, the other roles that we hold, what do you need our listeners to do to help you guys out? What would be most powerful? And I think, you know, Muska, if you want to start out with it. I think just to walk through this, um, I think the first thing that we did uh, as international students, 
at this point we share a, a, a you know a particular event that we share a common experience uh, with this uh, particular uh, policy so that's why in uh, we organize ourselves in the first place uh, you know um, to seek comfort to seek uh, uh, immediate information and clarification and so on and i think it's very important uh, as the first step to acknowledge there is an issue uh, consequences of this policy and as an international student, uh, we have our limitation and uh, what channels that we can access, uh, what type of efforts that we can conduct here in the States. So it's very encouraging when we uh, organize ourselves and, you know, share this thoughts uh, and points uh, to the departments and to the college to understand that they also acknowledge this issue. And I think that's a very important first step uh, for us collectively to, to see uh, there's an uh, there's a, uh, an issue and uh, we need a potential solution uh, uh, to these issues and I think that's what we've been doing uh, right now right now it's uh, it seems we're on a very good uh, positive traction I think it's important for us to you know to remain uh, vigilant and also to to open to keep uh, this channel open and I, I, I would uh, also like to thank you for providing uh, this platform uh, for us to share our thoughts uh, that might not reach specific audience that you cater to or maybe even uh, gain audience uh, to, to, to a broader uh, listener. So this is also uh, an important step uh, to, to, to make more people uh, see the issue uh, from, from our perspective and see uh, that this is not only our problem but, but also from a perspective is also a, a collective problem because coming from a, a public health uh, track you see uh, that um, by you know uh, pushing international students to go back to uh, home countries and go through this uh, air travels and so on it's 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 not good for the global health uh, perspective right you you understand that um, uh, even some countries have uh, have limit access from and anyone coming from the states to enter their country so this will put more burden uh, from the global health perspective and uh, to put pressure on only a cater of in-person classes i I'm, I'm just wondering how will it affect how will it how will it affect the infection rate uh, in the coming months for this ongoing pandemic so there's that two, two, two perspective, I think, from the international student perspective and also as, uh, as the member of the society as well. I think you need that public health professional perspective because that's what we're all going into. We're going to be talking with these. And it is, right now it is student voices from the front row, but these will be professional voices in a couple of years for folks. And so we need to be able to hit both points. One is, you know, what we're going through right now, but then also being advocates for our field. And so we we're obviously happy to provide that form for you here. Red One, I want to turn to you real quick and also get your perspective. You know, what what did what does solidarity look like for you right now? How can we help out folks in the international student community? Thank you, Steve. Um, so uh, as uh, Muska was saying that. Uh, from the beginning, since uh, you know last week when the first when first uh, the regulations came out, our approach has been very constructive 
within the College of Public Health. We try to uh, organize ourselves within the department first, uh, within the HMP department first. And as we found out that uh, the international students were not very well organized because, I mean, frankly, I never felt any uh, need uh, to organize myself as, as an international student, as a separate entity, because I never felt, I never received any different treatment from anyone, from going to classes, from going to faculty, from interacting with staff, I never felt any difference. So again, we, we were not organized at all. And we started doing that in a very constructive manner, and, and uh, we reached out to departmental leadership, to collegiate leadership, and again, they were very supportive, and they, uh, Dean Parker, uh, I mean, uh, she immediately responded to our request for a meeting, and we sat down, and uh, she invited all the DEOs within College of, the College of Public Health, and we had a very, a very productive discussion, very nice discussion, where uh, she expressed herself, uh, her full support, all the DEOs expressed their uh, feelings and their full support, and that that was really reassuring. And I think that is the approach uh, that should be made. Uh, that has well, that is what ha we have been trying to do. Uh, we reached out to several student organizations within the College of Public Health, the departmental student organizations, the collegiate level student organizations, and you know try to ask for their support. And we have received that. Uh, they have expressed their uh, solidarity uh, and they have uh, you know expressed their uh, anxiety as well and uh, they have expressed their support now uh, incidentally uh, I uh, am uh, starting in a new position this year uh, as a graduate co-chair of the International Student Advisory Board uh, with the uh, Department of International Programs I know not the best year to start off in a position like that and I'm just trying to uh, make, uh, uh, you know, make a, a joke out of it because, you know, I'm just trying to keep my head cool here because we have been trying to reach out to uh, all uh, the colleges, uh, all collegiate level leadership, all the university level leadership. And we have had very productive meetings with uh, several uh, of these uh, leaders uh, with uh, Dean Russell Gaynham from the, the uh, international programs. And everyone has been very supportive uh, of this. So again, uh, I want to reiterate uh, that we have been trying to organize ourselves and acting in a constructive manner. We have been maintaining proper channels of communication. We have been uh, following proper protocol uh, in communicating with people. And again, very constructive. And the reason I'm using these words because this is the matter at hand is a legal matter. And, uh, uh, you know, we, as international students, I can say that we're law-abiding people. We are uh, good citizens, I guess. We try to be as 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 uh, much uh, possible to abide by the laws. Uh, and so our approach has always been this uh, constructive and and rounds up approach, reaching out to leadership, reaching out to our professors. And uh, uh, till now, we have received uh, uh, very good support from everyone. It's very pleased to see that letter of support from the presidents of the Iowa institutions. I was very happy to see that go through because I can imagine for folks seeing that, especially from a higher leadership level at a state institution, it, it must be a tremendous benefit. Okay, I, I wanna to turn to you real quick as well and get your thoughts on, you know, what do our listeners need to do to help out the international student community? How can we show our support? How can we be there? High pressure. <laughs> 
that's all towards apply pressure <laughs> because i definitely believe that just with anything if you don't speak on it or you know demand or challenge things they're just going to be the way it is like as we've seen like i mean different schools are suing and stuff i mean i don't know the different motivation it could be because of the actual students or it could be because of the revenues the students provide but I still think that everyone should apply pressure <laughs> and more so the Americans, um, our allies, the people who say they support us, the people who say they care about us that are from America because they're more likely going to listen to the citizens of the country <laughs> than us. So yeah, that's all I have to say. But yeah, Dean Parker too has been amazing. Love her, she's like the best. <laughs> but yeah, apply pressure. That's fantastic. I want to thank you guys so much for coming on here and, and, and taking a part of this little forum that we've been able to chat about things. It is tremendously eye-opening and I really want to applaud you for being courageous during this time, for going through the proper channels as we're talking about, and then also making your voices heard because I know it's incredibly stressful. And I, I do want to thank you all for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you for having us again, Steve. That was our episode for this week. Thank you for tuning in to From the Front Row. Please share this episode with your colleagues and network if you enjoyed it. My name is Steve Sanye. And I'm Oge Chivo. This week's episode was hosted by myself and Steve Sunny. Thanks to all of our guests who joined, Joanne, Mushka, Red One, and myself. <laughs> this episode was edited and produced by Steve Sunny. You can find us on Facebook at the University of Iowa College of Public Health, or on iTunes and Spotify as well as the University of Iowa College of Public Health. Let us know what you thought about this episode at cph-gradambassador at uiowa.edu. That's cphgradambassador at uiowa.edu. Thanks for tuning in. Happy social distancing. Stay safe. Have that uncomfortable conversations that I hope everyone has been having during this period. And I'll see all of you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>